Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary. When I began this podcast back in 2019, I had a vision, and that was one day I would publish a book called How They Love Mary. Over my life as a writer and researcher, I have read the writings of many holy men and women and many saints, and I have discovered how they loved the Blessed Mother and they have inspired me. I'm excited to share that at the end of April, Sophia Institute Press will release the book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Marian Devotion. It features saints like St. Damien of Molokai, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Therese of Lisieux, and other unknown people like Mother Mary Francis from Roswell, New Mexico, or Father Lucas Etlin, a monk who died back in the early 1900s from Conception Abbey in Missouri. I am so excited for How They Love Mary to hit bookshelves and to get into your hands so that you might deepen your devotion to the Blessed Mother. Get How They Love Mary from Sophia Institute Press or wherever you get your Catholic books. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Last year, I had the pleasure to interview Roma Downey about the film Resurrection, which debuted on the Discovery Plus platform. I continue to recommend that film to many, especially during the Lent and Easter season, as one of the biblical films I've seen in a long time, and especially as the best portrayal of Mother Mary. I'm excited today to speak with her again, this time about her latest book, Unexpected Blessings, a 90-day devotional. Roma Downey warmed the hearts of many through Touch by an Angel, and she continues to touch hearts today as president of Light Workers Media, the Family and Faith Division of MGM, and as an author with her previous book, Box of Butterflies, and with her recent release that we are talking about today. So thanks so much for joining me, Roma. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much for um, for all your support, for your support in the movie Resurrection. I can't believe that was almost a year ago now that, um, that, that we came out with the movie. And I'm happy to say that it performed so well on Discovery+. Plus. I think it was the most watched Easter movie for them last year. So it touched a lot of people's lives. And the potential is there for it to continue to do so for many years to come. Many know uh, you, especially Roma, because of your role on Touched by an Angel. They'll never forget your Irish brogue and such. But I don't know if a lot of people know of everything else that you've done since that iconic role that you had. Perhaps could you give a brief overview of where you've been since the series finale of Touched by an Angel? Yes, of course. Well, um, you know, after almost a 10-year run on Touched by an Angel, to be honest, Immediately afterwards, I was glad of a break. Um, but I really felt the call in my life to continue to create meaningful work um, that had a, a, you know, that had a higher purpose. And it was one of the reasons that I created my production company, Lightworkers. Our mantra is that it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. And God knows we need stories of hope. And so we're really uh, committed uh, with a strong intention to 
to create stories of hope, whether it's through short form content that we share out through our social media at uh, Lightworkers on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter, or whether it's um, continuing to develop uh, larger scale shows. You know, one of our very first productions under the Lightworkers banner was a TV epic miniseries on the Bible, which uh, originally aired on the History Channel. Um, you may remember at that time, a lot of people discouraged us from making the Bible for TV. They said, nobody wants to see the Bible on TV. And uh, and you guys are going to look a bit foolish. And, you know, and so um, we were delighted when the ratings were all added up at the end of the run and that over 100 million people had checked out the Bible on TV. And we know from letters and feedback that we received on that project that, yes, it really reached reach people who already know the Bible stories and just wanted to see them dramatized on TV. But it also reached a lot of people that maybe had never opened the Bible, had never really heard about Jesus or heard, you know, understood um, the story. So it, it continues to air around the world and hopefully help bring people home to God. Um, uh, we created a lot of content, um, biblical content, A.D., The Bible Continues, um, Son of God, the movie, Resurrection, the movie. I did a TV series on the Netflix channel um, called Messiah, which is kind of a modern-day what-if, what if Jesus returned today? Would we be ready for him? Um, Would we believe him? And uh, it was a very provocative and interesting series. And, um, And then additionally... Um, I've been writing a few years ago. I wrote a memoir, a spiritual memoir. Uh, you mentioned it in your introduction. It was called Box of Butterflies. And um, I wrote it really, it was very cathartic to write it. And sometimes when you sit in the fragments of your own life, you know, of your own losses and the own, your own lessons that you've learned, it isn't until you sit in the fragments really that you can see the mosaic that God has created in your life. And so... Box of Butterflies really just told my story, but how at every moment when it was a challenge, you know, that God showed up and um, and how grateful I am for that. Um, and so, and now, on the heels of that success, that I was so blown away and humbled that that book became a New York Times bestseller. Um, I hope that some of the lessons shared in it were valuable to other people. I know that um, I've experienced quite a bit of loss in my life with grief. I've lost my parents. I've lost my brother. I've lost my um, dearest friend. So in dealing with those losses, um, I was hoping that by writing about them, that it would be helpful to other people that ex- had experienced loss as well. So um, Unexpected Blessings is my latest book, and it's really just taking a deeper dive into some of those stories. If Box of Butterflies was the tree, then Unexpected Blessings is the branch. Um, because I think, um, you know, there was a Mary Oliver poem that I love. I love her poetry. I love poetry, but I love the poetry of Mary Oliver. I don't know if you're familiar with her work or not, but she speaks a lot about nature, and um, her work is very thoughtful and deep. But one of her poems I read went something like this. It said, someone once gave me a box of darkness, and it's taken me till now to realize that this, too, was a gift. And 
I just love that, you know, and I think sometimes it isn't until you're through something, you know, and you're looking back on a situation that you can see the blessing in it. But I think if you live to be old enough, um, that you start to see that there's a blessing in everything. And my book, Unexpected Blessings, is really, is just an attempt to remind the reader um, to look for the blessings, to keep your heart open, to feel the blessings, to keep your eyes open, to see the blessings. And that I think you can actually train yourself to reframe a situation, to look for the blessing in it, and, um, and you know, turn your life into a life of gratitude. Uh, because in my experience, when you're thankful, it's hard to be worried and thankful at the same time. You know, it's almost like they can't coexist. And gratitude, you know, is, is the key, I think. So this is a book, just an attempt to do that. It's, a, it's written as a devotional. I share a, a quote and a scripture and a story from my life and kind of discuss how they might link together. And then at the end of each uh, entry, I have a little uh, prayer and opportunity to pray together. And, um, you know, I just really hope it's a blessing in the reader's life. Yeah, it's beautifully put together. And as you mentioned with that quote, and a lot of times it's a quote from the box of butterflies, or it'll be a quote from some significant person that has influenced you, something you've read, a quote from a major thinker, or something like that. But as we think about this book, your previous book, Box of Butterflies, and as I look at the cover of Unexpected Blessings, a 90-day devotional, of course, there's butterflies all over that cover as well. And I'm just curious, and you bring it out in day two of the devotional, but what's the significance of butterflies in your life? Yes, well, when I was just a little girl of 10, uh, my mother, unfortunately, died. She died unexpectedly. Um, And, uh, you know, it was like the lights were turned out in our family. Um, It was, we were so shocked and we were so saddened. And honestly, I think if we hadn't had our faith, I don't know how we would have coped at all. But um, not long after, my father took me to the cemetery uh, to uh, visit her grave. We brought some pansies, which had been my mom's favorite flowers, because she always said that they reminded her of little butterflies. And while we were praying there at the cemetery, a real butterfly flew up from behind the tombstone. And my father said, oh, would you look at that? You know, that could, that could be your mother's spirit right there. And from then on, the, the idea that, you know, having a butterfly present or fly nearby represented, you know, my mother's spirit and in turn the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that I wasn't alone, that God was with me. It just um, symbolized that throughout my whole life. And, you know, honestly, if I tell you when... When things, you know, when I've been facing difficulty or I've been facing big worries, uh, I, you know, I always seem to see a butterfly. And it's not just in gardens or flying by. It's sometimes, you know, on a, on a moving van or a tattoo on somebody's wrist or a piece of jewelry or a design on a T-shirt. But um, it's just a symbol of hope for me, you know. And then when we consider the butterfly itself and the significance of what it goes through, the metamorphosis process and just how extraordinary that is, you know, and that it's, you know, we're reminded that the butterfly almost has to struggle to break out of the cocoon and, you know, that it's the very struggle 
that strengthens it, its wings to give it strength to fly. And I think sometimes, too, for us in our lives, you know, for the challenges that we go through, of course, we wish we didn't have to. But sometimes it's in the, the struggle and in the overcoming of the challenge that we get the strength to rise up again. And then that, you know, that very strength um, informs the rest of our lives, you know. And so I, I just think that that's, um, you know, it's just been such a significant uh, metaphor for me and continues to be. And, um, you know, and, and then on the very on the other end of just from a design element they're just so pretty and beautiful and the book is being released right before Easter and right before Mother's Day and um, you know it's, it makes for a great gifting opportunity and you know I think people particularly women like you know we like pretty we like pretty books things that can sit on our coffee tables and I created this especially that it would work as a companion piece to Box of Butterflies so I'm very pleased with how it turned out. The publishing company did a beautiful job for, for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you know, when you, you know, you take time. I probably was about a year working on this book, you know, working on my other projects as well. I've just produced a movie that will come out this summer. So I've been quite busy in this time, but I would get up very early in the morning and, uh, and write. And, um, you know, and then you, you create the, the, but, you know, that the book, obviously, it lived on a laptop for a long time, and then it gets sent off to the publishers, and then they were sharing a variety of ideas for me for what the cover art would look like. And then just suddenly to have it, you know, the book arrived um, just at the start of the week the, for me to see it for the first time, the hard copy. And um, it's just such a, you know, it's like a, a great feeling, you know, when you've worked hard on something. And then to finally be holding it in your hands. So um, uh, it's exciting. I'm really looking forward to launching it. I'm looking forward to hearing back from people when they get a chance to read it. And as I say, I really hope that by sharing some of these lessons that I've learned and some of these experiences that I've gone through, um, you know, that other people may find some strength in that, may be able to relate to them, may, you know, they'd be uplifted by them. Um, that's my hope anyway. I know exactly what you're talking about when you write a book. I've written a number of devotionals myself, and I have a new one coming out at the end of April myself as well. And I'm looking forward to when the box arrives and I can feel the book and have it in my possession and everything like that. And one of the things I do as I write a devotional, as you've just written this 90-day devotional, is that a lot of times I'll bring up my own experiences. I'll draw upon them. I'll I'll bring out a point that really drives home with the reader of the book. For example, in a Lenten book that I wrote, I always tell this story about the time I had dinner with a thief in Lourdes, France, and I had a conversation with him. I tried to bring him to a point of conversion and all that, but I look back at that and I say, well, what did I learn from that thief that I had dinner with in France? And the for me, the lesson was, 
I need to acknowledge and understand what it means to repent. I, I realized that he didn't know what repentance was, what turning away from a sinful life was. And so that's the message I always communicate when I share that story. And so for you, a lot of the stories you share and unexpected blessings come from your experience, from your time uh, with Touched by an Angel, for example. And how do you incorporate that or how do you incorporate your childhood and such into unexpected blessings then? Yes, I did. I told quite a few stories from my time on Touch by an Angel and my very special relationship with my co-star, Della Reese, um, who, who was such a, um, you know, a, a beautiful soul and friend and mentor uh, and a um, to me over the years. And, you know, after we left Touch by an Angel, Della and I remained um, very, very close and very close friends. And um, I write about Della in the book because I just loved her so dearly, and she taught me so many things. She she had she was a woman of great faith, a woman of great humor, um, and she you know she carried her faith right to the end of her life. And I had the privilege of being with her, you know, in the last weeks of her life and helping to take care of her. And, I'm able to share a little bit of that um, in the book um, and um, and honor her, really to honor her memory because she was so special. You know, because my mother had died so young, I think maybe my whole adult life I've always been, you know, looking for a mother, looking for a mother figure. And, um, and you know, when Della and I started working together, I remember uh, the day I met her, I put out my hand to shake her hand and she laughed this easy warm laugh and she said baby I don't shake hands I'm a hugger and she just took me in her arms and honestly I can say there was no safer place in the world than in the arms of Della Reese um and it was just such a you know a joy to love her and um of course I was very sad to you know to see her leave the earth, but I feel confident, you know, that she um, is in heaven and that I will get to see her again one day. But um, uh, we just, we sure had great memories and the relationship that we had on screen was reflected very much in the relationship that we had off screen. You know, we had such a long run together and the show still, you know, is on reruns it can be found all over in different streamers. And, um, you know, I still on my social media get people commenting how the show really helped them. It helped them heal. It helped remind them that they were unique, that, you know, that there is a God, that God loves us, that God wants to be part of our lives. And, um, you know, it was family viewing for so many people on Sunday. Um, so, yes, I think, like you, um, in your devotionals, I think that the writing sometimes can be just that much more meaningful if it is drawn from your own life. It feels personal, you know. And I, I also think it's like a way to turn a painful experience that I might have had or, or you might have had by writing about it and, and creating an opportunity for somebody else to have to learn from it. It's almost like it can turn pain into purpose, you know. And... Um, you know, and uh, you know, I often thought in the early years of Touched by an Angel, because 
you know, the character Monica that I played, one of her gifts was that she was extremely compassionate. She had a lot of empathy and she was a very good listener. And I often thought, you know, that my early loss, the trauma of losing my mom so early, had really developed in me a, a great ability to have compassion. You know, I was able to empathize with people who suffered because I knew what that felt like. And I think that it made me a better listener. And so, obviously, I wish my mother had not died, but I felt that, that I was able to t take the gift of what I'd learned from that experience of loss and, and channel them through this role, this character of Monica. And I think it, it made me better in the role, you know. So that was valuable. I mean, that was an unexpected blessing in some ways. And so my book really is just to, is to help. I really think that we can train ourselves to see the world, you know, through, through grateful eyes. I mean, I, I do know that comparison can be the thief of joy. And as long as you're thinking that somebody else has something that you believe you want or need, then you'll just experience, you know, a level of unhappiness because you'll think what you have isn't good enough. You know, there's always going to be somebody with more, bigger, better. But when you focus on a real, you know, genuine gratitude for what you have, when you really learn to count the blessings, um, I think you start seeing them, you know, because I believe that they are there. I think it's just sometimes we're so busy, we're so distracted, you know, and now more than ever because we're all, we're all on our phones, we're all on social media, you know. I'm, I'm as on there as the next person, but um, I really try to take time, particularly in the morning, just to be quiet and to spend time in, in prayer. And I think a devotional can really help with that, can give a focus to that. Um, and um, you didn't tell us what, what the name of your devotional is going to be, since it's coming out in April as well. Yes, yes. So uh, this podcast is actually called How They Love Mary, and it was always my dream when I started this podcast was that I would write a book of the same title. So I'm looking at 28 different holy men and women, many saints, others who should be saints, and I look at just how is it that they teach us to love Mary? How did they love Mary in their own unique way? And uh, I know that you had the opportunity to play the Blessed Mother. I think it was in the Bible series. Uh, or maybe in Son of God, but you shared the last time we spoke just that powerful experience you had of playing the person of the Blessed Mother. Oh my gosh, what a privilege that was, and, and so humbling. You know, like you, I have I've had a beautiful and, and loving relationship with um, Holy Mary my whole life. You know, perhaps because I was so young when my mother died, that um, and I was a, a young girl looking for a mother, you know, that I really leaned into the Blessed Mother and um, and felt her protection and her nurturing love in my life. Um, I was convent educated. <clears throat> um, I think I told you last time I was raised uh, in uh, by the Sisters of Mercy or No and, Mercy, uh, or the joking. Yeah, we used to jokingly call them the Sisters of No Mercy, which really wasn't true. They were great, of course, and I had a great education. But um, 
when it came to shooting the Bible series, and uh, and I stepped into the role, um, you know, I was particularly touched in the scene, of course, at the foot of the cross, and reminded really of of the Blessed Mother's strength and courage um, to be there, you know, to stand there and witness uh, the murder, the horrible murder of her of her beloved son. Um, you know, but she was there for him. And um, I just think it says so much about her that she held that loving space so that when he looked down from the cross, he looked into her eyes and and knew that she was there for him, you know? And we know how much he cared for her. He only said seven things from the cross, um, of course, but one of those was to encourage John the Beloved to take care of her. You know, so even as he was dying, he was taking care of his mother. And, um, you know, those scenes were especially poignant. Um, and even though, you know, it was just a reenactment, Father, it still, uh, it was very, you know, those were, those were difficult days for everybody, for the actors and for the crew, uh, because of the brutality of crucifixion. And, um, you know, even though we're, we have a pretend whip and a pretend crown of thorns and pretend nails and pretend blood. But it was still, um, you know, it was still a, a brutal reminder of such a loving, sacrificial gesture, you know, because I've heard it say that it wasn't just nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was love. Mm. And, um, you know, and here we are in the Lenten season, a time to, you know, reflect on all these. But there's a beautiful song. I don't know if your uh, listeners will be familiar with it. Uh, it's called Mary, Did You Know? Um, and it's a really beautiful song that says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know your baby boy would save your sons and daughters? And on it goes, just it's asking and wondering, how much she knew, you know, and we may never know, but we do know that when she was asked, you know, to, you know, the, the, the question that changed the course of history uh, by the angel Gabriel, uh, she said yes, you know, and she continued to say yes. And I think remaining at the foot of the cross was another yes. And, uh, and she's, you know, that yes has inspired me my whole life. And when, I've had opportunity to step into the space to create work, whether it's film, TV, or writing that is that is God honoring. You know, I have tried to answer the call with a yes as well. One of my favorite reflections that you wrote in Unexpected Blessings, actually, was the one in which you were reflecting on and brought in that gospel passage from Matthew of Peter walking on the water and that sometimes we need to get our feet wet. And this was in the section on courage. One of the things you do in this book is you divide it into different sections like strength, kindness, courage, love, stillness, gratitude, etc. So uh, that was one of my favorites uh, as I was reading Unexpected yeah. Blessings. Which one for you, out of all the 90 that you wrote, do you think uh, resonates the most or speaks the most to you or was your favorite to write? Gosh, well, <clears throat> I do know that, um, that you know, I had, I had helped to bring Della 
uh, home from the hospital. Um, she was terminally sick, and we were bringing her home for hospice care. And um, she loved the sun. She loved to be warm. Uh, we filmed for many years in Salt Lake City, and for anybody who knows, a Utah winter can be pretty cold. And, um, you know, I, I can remember many a day working outside with her in the freezing cold, and, you know, she just, she just didn't like the cold at all. So when the ambulance pulled up at her house, it was an unusually cloudy day in Los Angeles. And the two uh, young uh, orderlies got the gurney ready to push her into her home, which really was going to be for the last time that she was going in. And for a moment, the sun broke through the clouds. And I just asked them to, to stop and to to pause, to hold the gurney in her driveway so that she could just feel the sun on her face for the last time. Uh And and she very quietly um, closed her eyes. You know, she smiled. And then she just reached out, took my hand, looked at me, and she said, thank you, thank you, baby. And so I just felt that 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 breakthrough in the clouds was an unexpected blessing. You know, and the nudge in my heart to stop, to give her this, you know, one last gift. And so I write about in the book and just saying, you know, it was that that the things can be as simple as these things, you know, that um, and she was deeply appreciative of that. And it was the last time that the sun shone on her face. So um, I know she loved that. Um, but, you know, there's so, there's so many, so many beautiful reminders in my life um just of how god has shown up and you know uh, time after time um and you know my family coincidence on touch by names we used to say coincidence is god's way of remaining anonymous <laughs> and the amounts of coincidence you know they just do you know and they, sometimes in your own life you're like gosh that you know you know or me i still continue to see butterflies and you know, I really believe that it's just a little, you know, a little nod from heaven um, just to remind me I'm on the right track or to not give up, you know, to keep focused. Because um, as I say, it continues to be a very challenging time for people. You know, there's war, there's the climate change, you know, there's, we're still c- coming through COVID, and uh, which is just created a lot of fear in people's lives, you know, and, um, you know, we just have to change the way we think. We can't, you know, fear can't exist in us when we're feeling love, when we're feeling, you know, hope. It can't coexist. So for me, if I feel fear rise up in me, I know that I'm not in my loving. So either I just take the time to pray, sometimes I just pray, Less of me, more of you, God, more of you. Or I think of the face of, you know, my children or my husband, just to remember what I'm grateful for, the love in my life. Um, so, there, you know, the, the book is full of, of sort of simple suggestions. Like my other book, it's not a lofty book. It's a very easy read. Um, with, you know, it's easy to get your mind around and your heart around. And... Um, uh, but as you know, as we were saying, it's just, it's, you know, this is an exciting period of time as I just prepared to 
to launch it. You know, you never know who's going to find it, whose hands it's going to end up in. Um, but I used to, when I would sit out here in the mornings writing it, I, you know, before I would write, I would pray. And I always prayed that it would end up in the hands of, of someone who would need it, you know, that maybe this, this particular story or this particular prayer, uh, would, you know, would touch somebody's heart and bring a little bit of comfort or a little bit of healing and a little bit of hope, you know, because that's what we need now more than ever. For sure. Well, that's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful you're able to share about unexpected blessings with me today. I think one of the great gifts your book is going to do is it's going to teach us all. And really, this is the spirit of St. Ignatius of Loyola, who says, you know, to look back at your day and to find the different graces, maybe the struggles to bring them all to the Lord, but to find those unexpected blessings throughout the day. And you're going to teach people to do that as you relate it from your own experience. As a pastor, I have religious ed teachers, and I would say 95% of them are women. So maybe as an end of the year gift, I'll uh, gift them a copy of unexpected blessings. So maybe that's a spoiler alert to anybody, any catechist (laughs) of mine who is listening. But if people want to get their hands on uh, unexpected blessings, a 90 day devotional, uh, where can they get that? Well, I know that it's currently available for pre-order on Amazon.com. It's released on April 12th. It comes out the week before Easter. Um, I'm pretty certain it'll probably be available anywhere that books are sold. But but if you wanted to get your copy early, jump into Amazon and um, and order it. And as I say, it is a perfect... uh, little gift for somebody that you care about too you know or maybe somebody that's going through a challenging time um and it might be a nice little pickup for somebody as a as a easter gift without the calories of a chocolate egg (laughs) (laughs) and i encourage people to follow you on social media i love seeing your instagram posts and uh, following your stories as well. So thanks so much, Roma, for such a wonderful and delightful conversation today. Yeah, I really appreciate your, you know, your support. And, you know, we all, I'm always reminded that we all in the, in our church family belong to each other and to be able to support each other and be encouraging of each other is just such a blessing too, you know. So I'm grateful to you for taking the time to share this with, with your, um, listeners and your followers and um you know good all the best with with your book and wishing you a very happy and and holy easter season well thanks so much and the same back to you as well god bless you roma god bless thank you thanks for listening to today's show i hope that my conversation with today's guest was one that enriched you spiritually and also helped you to foster a deeper love for the blessed virgin mary if you enjoyed this podcast Could you do me a favor? Go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast so that others might find it as a recommended podcast from other Catholic podcasts that they might listen to. And if you don't mind, share about the show on social media so that your friends and family might come to find it and be enriched by our conversations as well. And if you don't mind, you can follow me on social media at FR Edward Looney on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And this show, How They Love Mary, will soon be a book available from Sophia Institute Press. You can already go over to their website and pre-order How They Love Mary. 
Thanks so much for listening. May God bless you today. Know of my prayers for you. And may Mary pray for you today and always.